Welcome to Touched and Empowered, a show created to empower individuals to value their lives by hosting think tank discussions that will inspire positive action. Touched and Empowered with Katie and Ace starts now. Welcome everybody to another episode of Touched and Empowered. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for your consistent listening and following. We really appreciate it. You're keeping us going. It's really encouraging. And another person who's going to keep us going today, thank you very much for joining us, Stephanie Leandre, did I see Yes. <laughs> he is a Florida-born native who is passionate about educating families and individuals about getting your finances in order. Wow. Uh, Stephanie's journey to finances started when her father passed away when she was younger. Due to hardships her family experienced, she is now on a mission to ensure families do not go through the same types of hardships. And that's wonderful. Thank you very much for being here with us. And, you know, I want to toss this over to Katie from here because she's going to be an amazing person to discuss how to move forward in these specific types of hardships. One of the things that I know that we talked about before um, was how you wanted to get all of this information into the hands of teens. Yes. Is that your focus on teens? Is it college students? Is it family on a whole? What, where is it that you would ideally want to start? I would say it's a combination of all the above that you mentioned, um, but I do want to start with teens um, because what I, you know, the saying, uh, what is it? If I knew then what I know now, I would do things differently. Absolutely. And I really stand behind that because I'm not like super old, but from the years. We're never that... super old. <laughs> we are women of wisdom. We are not yes. old. <laughs> I like that. I find like wine, I guess. Yes. Um, I want to be able to speak to them in a way that they will understand. Because if someone has spoken to me back when I was a teenager, I felt like a lot of things would have been, I would have done a lot of things differently. Well, what was it that started all this? I know we touched base on that in your bio, that it was when your father had passed away. Mm -hmm. um, if it, you're comfortable sharing, what exactly was the turning point there that made you realize how important this was for you? Um, the turning point I would say was when I was in college, um, especially probably around my second third year of college was when I realized um, finances wasn't just working and trying to save a, you know, buck here, buck there. It was more also about um, saving. It was also about uh, planning for your future and so on, because I wasn't taught those things from my mother, because you can only teach what you know. And her thing was, my mom was real old school. Like, if you needed some change, it will be under the mat in the back of the car. Um, she was the, the parent that had, you know, money under the mattress or an envelope in a drawer. It was never, you know, don't the cup just of coins sitting on the back. shelf. Yes. And the cup holder in the car or the little space in the front of the car, you know, yep. you'll find a few coins here and there, you know, and it wasn't until around that time frame was when I realized because I had started working, I had my first real job was when I realized that it's 
finances is more than just working and paying bills or working and buying stuff. It's, it's a whole different world out there when it comes to money. And as a, I feel like, I want to say between the end of middle school, early high school, that's kind of the starting target ages I would like to speak to. And then, you know, of course, until college students as well. So that, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Cause from going in the way back machine, um, I do remember home ec in middle school. And the yes. only thing that I remember about budgeting or finances or running a household was this is what a checkbook register looks like. And this is how you fill it out. It wasn't on any other kind of managing of yeah. the money. Um, and I agree, you know, our parents can only teach us what they know. And it is up to us as parents to educate ourselves. So then that way we can pass that knowledge on to our kids because we do want them to have an easier job in life than right. what we've gone through. I think that's every parent's dream. Right. For sure. So, so what else is it about this? financial mission because you are a woman on a mission I am what what else is it that you know is calling to you because it's got to be more than just I wish I knew then what I know now for me personally it's um what's what I would say is calling me is my desire to help individuals and families understand the concept of money and understand how to make your money work for you versus you working just solely focus on working for the money because we're programmed go to school get a degree get a good job that's good enough to at least sustain some sort of lifestyle once you get that job look for a promotion or whatnot and all you got to do is pay your bills and you'll be okay pay your bills and you'll be okay it's like the same cycle when the hamster's on the wheel and the hamster is just going to keep running in the same position or the same direction, but it's only that one wheel. I want to help you take your money and divide it into different wheels and different races and different components of your life. So instead of being part of, um, I think the term I once heard was a rat race mm -hmm. with constantly going, 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 getting the money, getting the money, getting the money, and then having the money leave your hands just as quickly as it comes in. So then you're constantly going. Exactly. What what ideas do you have that would, one, create the interest and the spark so then that way teenagers actually absorb the information? Because I, personal experience, if it's not fascinating to me in the moment, I'm not going to retain the information. <laughs> One thing I tell people is to think of the end goal. What is your end goal with that dollar you made or that five dollars or that ten dollars what are you hoping to achieve are you saving it to buy something are you saving it to go to an event for teenagers i let's say someone is interested in stem and they want to dive more into it or they want to take courses or something in it if you are working you're working towards that goal so 
while you're going through that process, how are you being efficient with your, your money? So if you do, let's say over the summer, you're cutting lawns, which is what we're used to from right. our, you know, back walking in the, the dogs. Yeah. You know, doing the yard work for the neighbor, you know, exactly. that kind of hard labor. <laughs> exactly. Summer jobs. So yes. When you get that $10 or $20 from cutting the lawn, your question, your question to yourself is what's next? What do I do next? Let's say the program you want to go into is going to be $150. You need to calculate if it's $20 a lawn, how many lawns you need to cut in order to get that $150. You also need to consider, are, are you having to buy supplies? Are you having to pay more than that $150? Is there a separate fee for something, you know, like a registration fee, whatever it may be, you are working to save towards that goal of getting into that STEM program, right? So, so it's more than just this is the dollar amount that I need to achieve. You're actually explaining the purpose of doing the research right? for what it is that you want to achieve. Exactly. Because I, I agree with you. There have been so many times where it's like, oh, I only need X amount of dollars. And then you think you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, something else comes up, whether right. it be an unexpected fee, whether it be a um, supplies that are needed, like you were saying, like for a course or something like that. So I hadn't really considered that research part mm -hmm. as part of it. Granted, I will admit my budgeting skills are horrible. So I am taking in this lesson right now during this podcast. So I can be a little bit better with my own money management. Um, because I do think that it is a constant learning. It, it definitely is. That's the, the, the thing I love about money is you're always learning. You never know everything. And, and that's the end of it. It's not the end all be all. You know, you're always learning something different stuff. I know now in the age that I'm not, I'm at now, I'm like, man, I wish I knew this 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I probably would have done this differently or went there or did that, you know? Um, I, now I, I'm thinking about simplifying things now, you know, there's homecoming every year, right? You're, you're a high school student. There's homecoming. You got to think about your dress. You got to think about your homecoming ticket. You, for us, I'm, I'm speaking from the females, the males, you guys are a little bit different, us, <laughs> a lot more, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know. My, my son did go all out in doing a custom suit for homecoming and for prom and everything else like that. So I think some of the guys do invest just as much into that as the girls do nowadays, mm -hmm. unlike when we were in school. But I agree, there's so many components, there's parts and pieces to it, because sticking with homecoming you've mm -hmm. got the outfit you've got the cost of the ticket for the event you have the cost of anything before the event like the homecoming game yeah or you know if you go to have food before the dance you know uh transportation are you paying your parents to be your taxi or <laughs> <laughs> by the way you should tip your parents for being taxi um or if you're getting a limo or something else like that you know these are all things that to plan ahead for would makes it so much easier instead of last minute scramble trying to find out how am I going to pay for it. Right, right. So when you learn how to budget in the early years, it becomes easier as an adult. So it's kind of like um, you know that you your budget for homecoming is 
Oh gosh, I'm going to say $500. I don't know how much homecoming is. I never went to homecoming. So let's just say it's $500. I don't remember, but that sounds like a good even number to start with. So we're just going to stick with even numbers to make the math easy. Right. So it's $500 for homecoming. You got to think about your dress, us girls, makeup, hair, um, shoes, anything Purse. you can think of. Is that $500 going to be sufficient? Do you need to upgrade the budget a little bit? Do you need to downgrade it a little bit? It also depends on you as a person. What do you like? What do you, you know, what do you, if you want a tailored dress specifically for you, or if you're like, oh, like me, I'll just go to JCPenney, pick out a dress that looks cute. And that's or my homecoming dress. Do you want to be creative and capable and resourceful to find a way to get exactly what you want without blowing all of the money in your bank account. Exactly, exactly. And and speaking on that, just to piggyback off blowing all the money is let's say you do make X amount of dollars and you have the exact amount you need. Then what after? What, right, what, what comes after the fact? Exactly, what's after that? So you, you've worked for the money, you worked towards your goal, you've met the goal, you enjoyed homecoming, you had a great time, everything's great. What happens after homecoming when all that money is gone? So all the money that probably took weeks or months to get to is gone in that one day. And now you're back down to $0 in the bank exactly. account. And the next th big thing that's happening the next weekend and not being able to present. Oh my God, this so sounds like my normal month to month pay. <laughs> trying yeah, to live so paycheck. That's, live that's paycheck where the it, paycheck is horrible. Exactly. And that's the point I wanted to make was if we start, if if that's how, you know, we're doing it from our teenage years, how do you, how is it going to be different in your adult years? Because that's what you're used to. That's what you've been right. doing. And that's how you feel it's been working for you. But it, it feels like every time you want to start something new, you have to go back to ground zero. I'm, you don't have to always go back to ground zero. If you're very um, resourceful and you understand how to make the money work for you, rather you're working for the money, then it would be easier for you to understand the concept of money and how to not look at it as a, um, a task, but look at it more as a journey, if that makes sense. That does, because there's so many times that I, I'm, I'm just going to use my own personal experience with this because I don't really have anything else to pull on. But I can see where there's been, you know, oh, I'm going to go do this. Oh, wait, I can't participate in this event because I've got a bill that's due three days afterwards and I need to make sure that I have money to pay that bill. So living the whole paycheck to paycheck time frame, not realizing that the budgeting, the managing, the projection, I, I guess is the best word for it, you know, planning on those upcoming expenses and building a, a buffer or a savings account or something for those unexpected expenses. Cause that's always what got me. It was mm -hmm. the unexpected expenses that popped up. Exactly. And so, that's not something I don't think I ever planned for as a teenager, right? I just worked. So I had money to go play. I didn't plan on anything else. Exactly. And that was the same thing for me. I just worked on when I started working, I was 18. So it was just like, okay, I have money to do my hair or I have money to go buy some clothes at my favorite store. But then if I need to do something else, I have to wait for the next pay period to come around. 
And I, I want teenagers to understand how to be smart and mindful of their money. So one example I would say is, um, let's say you want to, I always wanted to travel. So let's say you're, you know, you're in your senior year or right before college, you want to do some traveling before you get back into the books and, you know, study whatever yeah, with, it is. Whether it be senior week or whether it be go abroad yeah. for a couple of weeks or whatever, you want to do something right. to celebrate that you are now an adult. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you, you know, you set a budget you you've reached that budget you reach that goal but let's say like you mentioned some fee or something sneaks up on you so what do you do now mom and, and dad and doesn't have it they yeah don't have it. that was always the go-to go to mom and dad but you're yeah. right because there are times that mom and dad cannot bail you out exactly there, there are times that you know someone can't just let you borrow the money um or if you do something like what I was guilty of, just put it on a credit card mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'll pay for it later. And then not having the money to pay it later to where I'm actually paying three times more than what I originally spent because of all the fees and the interest and everything. Exactly. Exactly. So what it, it what are you going to do at that point? Let's say your goal was a thousand dollars and something for 50 bucks. Just let's keep it more on the smaller scale. 50 bucks come up, but you don't have the extra 50. Mom and dad doesn't have it or it's not available at that moment. And this is something that has a timeline where you're in crunch time. What do you do? Well, I would sacrifice something that the thousand dollars was assigned for, whether it be $50 for souvenirs, for example, I'm not going to buy souvenirs on my trip. So then that way I could cover that fee. Right. So the key with budgeting is although you have a goal budget or a goal number or, or a goal of whatever it is that you're trying to do and something happens where it's unexpected, it wasn't a part of your timeline, it wasn't part of anything and it happens what you need to go back into your budget, like you just mentioned, and look at areas that you can either cut off or you can um, reduce. So once you learn the art of how to make the money work in a way where it doesn't hinder you or doesn't hold you back, then you'll then you'll be able to understand how to make the money work for you and not you work for the money. Because long time ago, I would have been like, oh man, okay, maybe I need to go pick a shift up or maybe I, I yeah. need to go do some extra work or maybe I need to go, um, if I had like something planned to do um, next week, I would have to postpone it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I've, I've done the whole, let me just work a couple more hours right. and pick up some overtime. So then that way I can cover the cost of it until working 80 hours in one week is not really feasible. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And that, uh, I agree. That's something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my son to have to struggle with that. I wouldn't want anyone's kids to have to struggle with that in high school. Um, well, besides the labor laws being out there that it's not possible for a teen to work more than so many hours in a week anyways. Right. Um, but that right there would nip that plan in the butt. You know, if you've already worked your maximum amount of hours that you're allowed based on 
your work permit, for example, if we're talking middle school, early high school years, yeah. you know, then you couldn't use that as an option. Absolutely not. So when it comes to budgeting, I want people to, well, not people, I want the young adults and the teens to understand you need to first thing first, I'm old school. I don't know with all the technology, if they have apps for these things, but I have everything down on a piece of paper, which sometimes I use on it. I use Excel for to track everything because I, you know, you can input formulas in Excel and it could just calculate things for you. Always have, if you have something that, you know, every month is the same amount every month, that's keep it that way. But right. if you have things that are variable amounts, you, I tend to always say, keep it on the higher end. And, and if the time where it's on the lower end, you have a surplus in between, but always make sure that whatever it is that you are um, paying for or planning for or whatever it is, have it written down somewhere because you are more likely to follow through and keep up with something when it's written down versus when it's just in your head. So hypothetically speaking, let's say my, okay, we'll get close. My cell phone bill is around $205 for myself, my son, and my husband. So I actually have it written on my calendar because I use Google Calendar for everything that my cell phone bill is $210 a month. <laughs> I've got that $5 buffer because it's like 205 and some change or right. something like that. But at least I know that it's on there. It shows up on my calendar every month. So I know that that bill is coming up. So then that way, that might not be the ideal way to track it, but at least that's what I started with because I didn't have any other way to track mm -hmm. what my upcoming expenses were in a way that I would see it on a daily basis because I'm not used to using worksheets or spreadsheets or anything else like that. And if it's written on a piece of paper, it's going to get lost. I, I just can't keep track of notes. <laughs> okay. I hear you. I hear you completely. But I like how you mentioned Google, you use your Google calendar. That's mm -hmm. another way of tracking your expenses and your income. You can input it in your calendar. You don't have to write it down on a piece of paper or Excel, whichever works best for you. Because some people are creative people. I know people that create color codes for everything and that create specific type of, um, like if you see this picture, it means that. If you see this, it means that I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the happy stickers. I have the happy journal and it has the stickers. So if there's like a doctor's appointment coming up, whether it's for me or my children, I put the doctor sticker, you know, it's a doctor with the loop. Oh, okay. Yeah. To remind me, Hey, it's a doctor's appointment that so day. So it's a, a visual reminder instead of yeah. actually writing out the, the words for it. Yeah. There are that does make sense for someone who is visual used to visual cues exactly. versus written cues like you mentioned your cell phone if you have a sticker of a phone you put it down on whatever date it is put that phone sticker cell phone due da 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 amount if it's a if it's a um i'm trying to think of what teenagers might pay for besides cell phones <laughs> <laughs> okay uh well let's see when i was a teenager my regular bill well we didn't have cell phones when i oh god i'm giving my age away um <laughs> i had car bill i had car insurance um okay. i did not have a car payment but i did have car insurance so that could be a car sticker exactly on, on my calendar that could have been a car sticker on my calendar um 
what other bills did I pay on a regular your basis? hair so for me no, it I did nails hair. I didn't oh, do hair yeah. I did nails but yeah something like that okay so if it's every two weeks you're like hey I want to get my nails done um a gel manicure and regular pedicure or gel pedicure you know that it's going to cost X amount of dollars and you're going to do it every Friday or Saturday, whichever day of the week you choose. But I'm saying, cause those are the popular days to go to the nail salon Friday or Saturday. How, what do you do to, to give you that reminder, whether you're a visual learner, whether you're like me, I'm more analytical. I'm, I'm like, literally, I used to be crazy with sticky notes, but now I've stopped and I've just gotten a planner and I just put everything. I remember posted. I had posted notes all over my desk when you know? I first started working to keep track of stuff. So I completely understand that. Exactly. And it was like you said, things get lost, misplaced. And now that I have children and they have sticky fingers and they're all over my desk. Cause so like, you know what? Things get me... moved and then you can't yeah. find them. <laughs> yes. So, yes. but I like, I like the idea of you know, putting it on the calendar, on your Google calendar or whichever or Apple, Apple version is, whatever Apple calendar is, you know, yeah. having some kind of a reminder or a notification sent to your phone. There are apps out there in reference to keeping track of budgeting. There's a free one that I just started using um, called Mint. It's by the same company that does TurboTax. So I'm like, well, I use TurboTax every year. So their budgeting thing must be pretty good. I haven't played with it for more than three weeks. Um, but it's a way for me to at least put in reminders that way as well. So I haven't figured out how to budget on it yet. Um, so what would be your first recommendation on how to figure out how to set a budget besides just knowing, okay, I have this bill due every month? You need to figure out what it is that you pay for or you are um, a part of on a monthly basis. And when I say a part of, I know in some families, like in my family growing up, like I was responsible for the internet bill, but the internet wasn't in my, in my name, you know? So I was a part of that bill because okay, so my you money- contribute, You contributed, contributed to one of the household maybe. bills. So okay. you need to write out, literally write out every dollar not dollar, penny that you spend on a monthly consistent basis and also leave room for miscellaneous items. So on your budget, the way we, as an adult, I'm speaking as an adult now, and the way we do our budget is we have our essentials, our essential bills, we have, and then we have everything else, which is secondary to me. Essential bills, mortgage, car, groceries, Electricity, utility. yeah. Right? And then everything else are um, credit cards, um, student loans. Oh God, student loans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, and then there's and then miscellaneous. Miscellaneous could be if I decide I want to get my hair done this this month. Um, how much is my stylist going to charge? I'm going to make sure I set aside money for that and the tip money. That's right, then tip money for that. Right. Or if my kid is having an event at school and we have to buy special clothing or if they're doing something um, like a community event, we have to buy T-shirts or I have to buy supplies for the event. So those are for me miscellaneous because they don't happen every month and they're not a part of my monthly bills. 
Um, now I do know that because um, one of my friends, for example, she has money budgeted to go out to dinner twice a month. That that's a part of because she has she has a son oh, and a daughter, so she takes her son one night, she takes her daughter the other night, and that's mommy kid time that right. she's got scheduled into her monthly calendar to see her kids. So I'm pretty sure that that's something that you would count as part of your yes. monthly expense because yes. that's something that she plans out every month. Yes, my okay. example was just based on me but whatever is considered a part of your monthly structure as far as money you write all that down then you have to look at what's your income if you have variable income i would say find a happy medium with that variable income if you don't have like a fixed amount that's coming to you every month if you do have a fixed amount you know exactly if it's weekly bi-weekly or once a month however your pay is structured um, whether it is you have a job or like a babysitting gig, or if you're um, a tutor, whatever it is, because I know I did a lot of those things when I was um, a teenager. And the, that's where the variable amount comes in. So then you would say, okay, this month, um, I'm projected to make X amount of dollars. I sound like a math teacher. <laughs> I'm projected to make <laughs> X amount of dollars. Or this month, I know if I work 10 hours a week as 40 hours a month, I get paid $15. I'm going to make $600 before taxes. So you know, okay, taxes will be whatever amount it would be. And then after taxes, this is what I'm going to bring home. Is what I'm bringing home equal or greater than what I'm spending monthly? If it's If what you spend monthly exceeds what you bring home or what you're projected to bring home, that's where the issues start. That's where you start in the paycheck to paycheck cycle when you become an adult. Yeah. And and that's yeah. something that I, I know I had not considered because taxes were just something that came out of my paycheck that I just never saw. So it's like, okay, I don't even consider that when I was trying to figure out how much money I had to spend each week or every two weeks when I got my paycheck as a teenager. Um, but yeah, it's not something that you really think about on for any at least for me growing up it was like oh okay I make oh my god what was I making I think I was making like ten dollars an hour <laughs> oh I'm actually only getting the equivalent of like eight dollars an hour because of taxes taxes suck and you know just moved on with my life because there wasn't anything I could do about it but realizing that that is something that we have to take into consideration when we're doing our budgeting and everything because we do have to file taxes every year. Yes, we do. I started filing taxes at 19. I started at 14 and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and still it is not my favorite thing to do, except for when it's like, ooh, now the government owes me money. Exactly. Um, you know, so I think, because a lot of us, at least for me as an adult, having the mindset to be grateful that I have the money to actually pay my bills, is something that I found has helped me get through the months where I've had more month than money. Right. I agree a thousand percent. And another thing I can say, once you can, once you get a handle of your finances and no, don't let it handle you, once you get a handle on it, you right. are able to decrease so much stress, which we all know a lot of stress leads to depression, it leads to a lot of other mental issues. So being, not saying finances is the only thing that leads to stress, other things right. do it as well, but it will decrease 
the stress and then the the burden and the load that you feel because um when i'm at a point where something happens and like for example i'm going to give a true true example earlier this year my husband was driving in the middle of the morning and he was um he was on his way back home and he hit a bison in our area. We have bison. Bison. Yes. Okay. I was expecting like maybe a deer, <laughs> a bison. Oh my God. That must've like been done so much damage to the vehicle. Cause those if things I weigh like a the, ton. Let me tell you, if I had the picture on my computer, I would share my screen and show you guys. It's two 45 <laughs> in the morning. I am asleep. My kids are asleep and I get a tap on my shoulder and it's like, um, honey, um, something happened. And immediately I jump up. I'm like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, where are you hurt? Like what's going on? And I'm like, why did you leave the house? <laughs> so he was like, I, I need you to come outside. And I went outside and mind you, I'm still half asleep, you guys. And I go outside. I'm like, oh my God. I, I can't even imagine I what it would look just, like done and I said what did you hit because <laughs> this is did you hit a car like is the other person okay did you guys file a police report and he's like no I didn't hit anybody I hit an animal first he said it was a cow and I said did you kill that cow <laughs> and no he was like it just kept walking like nothing ever happened and then he was kept saying it was super hairy and I'm like cows are not hairy really so I said, no, you didn't hit a cow. And I know it wasn't a deer because you probably would have scrunched that little thing the way the damage was. It turned out to be a bison. Oh my goodness. And the bisons are huge. If you guys don't know what the bison looks like, like Google an image, you'll see it. They're huge. Yeah, they are. I wasn't kidding when I was saying they, I don't know if they actually weigh a ton or not, but they they are massive and they are solid. Yep. (laughs) So when we um, called the insurance company and we, you know, told them what happened, they came out, of course, look at the car and they're like, well, you know, your your deductible is $500 and um, we're not going to total loss it because it's not total loss. But um, if you want to get it fixed, you got to pay your deductible and we'll cover the rest. Yep. Oh my goodness, you guys. Budget. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that that's but when that, you, that's when you do need to you know yeah that's when the I think the advanced planning of your budget and putting money as I, I know we haven't touched base on like putting money into savings every month yeah or every paycheck or anything else like that but part of that planning process is to have that we used to call it a rainy day fund yes but then it was always raining and there was never any money in the <laughs> Um, but no, I trust me, I, I worked for an auto insurance company for like 14 years. So the story about deductibles are, I've heard legends mm-hmm. about them. And I understand how devastating it can be for somebody who is living paycheck to paycheck yes. or not expecting to have that kind of big, I'm, I'm glad he's okay. The, I'm, I'm going to be laughing about bison for like the rest of the day now because that's like hearing someone hitting a moose it's not something that you're used to hearing deer I'm used to because I'm in Maryland we have deer everywhere so <laughs> any other animal is just I find it very humorous to me but I'm glad he's okay um 
but yeah, so besides doing the budgeting, because um, I know we're going to have to wrap this up soon, one person I had spoken with before was trying to con convince me to follow their budgeting program, mm -hmm. which I did not buy into it because they just, it had a slimy sensation to it. Like I had to pay mm -hmm. to be a part of it and just mm -hmm. wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that they had said caught me as a surprise and I wanted to ask you about this they had recommended that besides putting the money aside for mandatory bills the money aside for regular savings for the rainy day fund they actually recommended putting aside I think they said like 10 percent into what you call a play bucket where this is money that you have to spend on fun stuff so you don't stress out every month I agree a thousand percent on that Really? I thought they yeah. were just blowing smoke. No, you know why I agree with that? I, I, I just say that's my, um, my bucket list budget. The reason why I agree with that is because, and this is for everybody, all ages, everybody. Mm -hmm. When you work so hard towards something, blood, sweat, tears, everything, and you, you've accomplished what you work hard for, you've, you've gotten it, which is a rewarding too, in a way, but wouldn't you want something on the side to have some play money to do something with? Like I live in central Florida, Disney world. That's the first thing you think about when you think about central Florida. And, and the thought of bison in Florida is just hysterical. <laughs> it's just hysterical to me, but okay. Side note. <laughs> you think of Disney world or you think of Bush gardens, right? You, you know, think of amusement parks. Uh, yeah. You just think of fun, fun areas or places you would like to visit. I'm, I'm, I'm out of that phase, but um, once let's say I'm work, I, I'm working to, to realize something and I realized it, it was great. I enjoyed it or whatnot, but you know what? You're not going to want to go back and start a new cycle of working hard again. You kind of want to take a break and have some fun. Yes. You should put some money aside for fun in a fun bucket. Okay. I agree so, a thousand percent with that. So, so having a little bit of money off to the side. Yes. Where if say for, for us grownups, we decide we don't want to make dinner tonight because we've had a very long, stressful day. We've got the money already sitting in this fun bucket to pay for fast food if that's what we want to do. Yeah. Or we could save it for get up early one morning and go have waffles with the kids or something like that. So yes. it doesn't have to be, um, for some reason, I'm stuck on food at the moment. But <laughs> it, it, it could be any, so pretty much it could be anything but that money is set aside specifically for doing spontaneous things. Yes. And having a little spontaneity in your life is needed. You can't just do the same mundane thing or mundane for some or the same cycle, the same thing over and over and over again and not have some type of extraness. I don't know if that's a word they use now. Hey, but. you know what? Extraness sounds good because you need to have something that makes you smile something that brings you joy, something that you are grateful for, something to help raise the positivity level in your own personal world. Um, because I agree, working for a paycheck is just that walking on a hamster wheel. It's just right. constant going and going. It's, it's the Energizer Buddy. You just keep going and nothing happens. Right. You know, so I do, I agree. I thought they were just blowing smoke, but apparently, no, I'm taking it from you, the expert, that we need to put a, put aside a little bit of fun money every single month. Yes. And so I am going to find a way to start doing that. My start doing that. And me. it doesn't have to be 
um, a, a huge amount. It can be something small, like, okay, you know, every month I put aside $50 or if you could do more, great. If you can't, that's fine, but do put aside what you can and then grow from there. Yeah, because that little bit, when it sits there and you're not touching it, you're not touching it, you're not touching it, soon you're going to have a little chunk of money there Yeah, to be able to do something that instead of it being, oh, let me just run out for fast food. Oh, let me run to the steakhouse Yeah, and, you know, treat yourself to something really nice. So I do like that idea. So I'm glad that that is something that they actually gave me something worthwhile (laughs) in that other conversation that I thought that was just kind of like, "Eh." Um, on it. So before we wrap up, what is your one golden nugget, your one tidbit that you want everyone to know that they can start implementing right now? My golden nugget or tip that I would want to share with everyone is that I want you to understand that you create your vision, you create your destiny, you create your future. You, you are a part of all of that. Don't feel like you have to do things um, the Dave Ramsey way or the Susie Orman way or all of these other financial gurus that are out there putting a lot of valuable information. You can take a little bit from each person and apply it to how your lifestyle is because each each of us are individual, are individual. Each of us are different. Each of us do things differently. And then, the, you know, we play culture plays into that as well. So do not feel tied down to one type of way. You can use various different aspects of other ways to incorporate into your financial future, into your financial planning, into your financial um, house in order to do what's best for you because that would reduce a lot of stress. It would reduce a lot of the weight. It will also make you feel still have that sense of fulfillment because you did it your way. I love that. So there really is no wrong way to do this as long as you get started. Yes. And get started early. So for my younger people that do not have the bills that we adults have, be thankful for that because (laughs) it's a whole different beast. So start, start early. Even if it's you, you, if it's $50 a month, $100 a month, start early with understanding how to spend your money, how to budget your money, and how to save your money. And on that note, thank you everyone for listening in on this episode of Touched and Empower. I will make sure that all of Stephanie's contact information is in the show notes. So then that way you can reach out to her and get even more fantastic financial advice. Stephanie, thank you so much for being a part of this show and sharing this wisdom and letting me absorb. Because I, tr- I truly believe that we continue to learn and we continue to grow. And the day that we stop learning is the day that we start decaying. So thank you I me. greatly appreciate all of this information. And thank of you again. Course. Thank you. So, thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope that the discussion today will inspire you to take positive action in your life. Until next week, be empowered.